God. Well, we're going to study God's Word today, and every day I get up, I, I want to say, where am I in your plans, God? God said we make our plans and we submit them to Him, and He directs our steps. So I, I'm never wanting to just go and run and do my thing. I want to make my plans, I want to submit them to the Lord, and I want God to direct my steps. And let me tell you what, when God directs your steps, He will lead you into those high places that He has created for you. So I, I like looking at the calendar of God more than the calendar of man and seeing how God's calendar, if where we're at in that. And uh, you know God has uh, four spring feasts that are, uh, He said, are feasts unto Him. Uh, and then there's three fall feasts. The spring feasts have been fulfilled with Jesus' first coming. And the three fall feasts we are yet awaiting the second return of the Lord uh, and His plan for that in fulfillment. Just as much as He's fulfilled the first four spring, spring feasts, you're going to see Him fulfill the final three fall feasts. But where we're at in our time frame of uh, where, you know, last week being Resurrection Sunday, you know Passover we've experienced as that correlates with the crucifixion. Good Friday, we had a tremendous service here on Good Friday. So Good Friday now because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And um, then so He is uh, our Passover lamb. And then we had unleavened bread. And the bread had no leaven in it. Leaven represented sin. Jesus is our unleavened bread that He lived and died a sinless life to shed sinless blood to pay off our sinful account. Uh, now through Him we can be redeemed. Uh, he, the third day after the crucifixion, He was raised from the dead, the Feast of first fruits. All of it correlated exactly like God had set the feast up. Jesus is fulfilling it to the, to the exact time uh, that He was raised from the dead, the first fruits from the dead. And a lot of people don't realize this, that when Jesus, uh, before He came forth out of the tomb, uh, he did ministry that, that we probably many times overlook. The Bible says in the Old Testament that they, uh, the saints of God, had done the best they could with the limited revelation that they had. Uh, we had at that time before Christ, there were lambs that pointed to Jesus, but those lambs were four-legged lambs and their blood could not redeem and bring those before uh, Father God in heaven. So the Bible says that they were held in Abraham's bosom. There's some translations you'll study, you'll find it called Upper Hades or Paradise. And uh, because they were waiting for Jesus to come, shed His blood, and then they could go uh, before uh, Father God in heaven, righteous and pure, because of Jesus' blood. But because of the old covenant, they were in this holding place. You remember Jesus talking about the rich young ruler and, and their uh, uh, discussions about Abraham's bosom and there uh, Jesus we see when he died and was buried the Bible says that he went into the bowels of the earth he went into Abraham's bosom and he set the captives free now I've heard some people preach that he actually went into hell and got uh, people saved in hell and that's not what it says at all he went into Abraham's bosom uh, upper Hades or paradise the same place Jesus told the thief on the cross who turned to him uh, as he was dying and said, you know, I, I believe who you are. You are the Son of God. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise in this upper Hades or Abraham's bosom. So Jesus went in there and the Bible says he preached himself to them. 
Uh, I, I see him walking up to Abraham and saying, you know, the ram that was called in the bush, that was me. I'm, I am the ram that was called in the bush. And I can see him going up to Daniel. I'm the one that closed the mouths of the lions when you were in the lion's den. I can see him going up to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and saying, because he says he preached himself to them. And, you know, I am that fourth man that was with you in the fire. I can see him going up to David and saying, I am the shepherd of the sheep and I am the king that, that you were represent. I am the giant killer that, that you represented hallelujah and, and I can you know I can see it in Elijah you know I'm the wheel in the middle of the wheel he's just preaching himself I am the fulfillment of all that you saw in type and shadow and the Bible says that when Jesus was the first fruit that he came out of the grave that the, tomb, the, the tombs were opened up and there were dead saints of old walking the streets and they had to wait for, you know, for 40 days. Jesus didn't ascend into heaven until 40 days. So there's no telling what all that was happening there. Man, the Bible says there's so many volumes. The world can't hold the volumes of the books to be recorded all that Jesus did. Man, there's some stories that we'll hear about in heaven that are going to be absolutely amazing. But uh, he opened up uh, Abraham's bosom. So there is no holding tank anymore. So I'm telling you, if a church is trying to tell you there's still a holding place and you can pray them out of there or whatever, they're stuck in the Old Testament. Let's get into the New Testament. Let's don't go behind the blood of a four-legged lamb anymore. Let's come before the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who has come to uh, forgive us of our sins and redeem us of our sins and take us before the Father. That's why Paul, he's trying to clarify that. And he said, now to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. He said it's instantaneous now. So there is no holding place. So that's why I like to see where we're at in this. Jesus being the first fruit from the dead. We too will live for eternity. And now we are, according to our time schedule, we are here between first fruits and Pentecost. The next feast comes 50 days after the resurrection, after first fruits, comes Pentecost. Pentecost meaning 50 and uh, if you remember that, that is our birthday. We've got a big birthday coming up. We've got a huge birthday coming up because the church was birthed on Pentecost. Uh, they were told to tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued from on high with power. And then uh, we know that as the power came, praise God, Here's the disciples who were cowards are now standing up boldly. Here's Peter who was lying and denying and going back fishing and trying to cry his way out of it is now standing boldly and preaching the gospel. And uh, 3,000 were saved that day. And uh, the Bible says they were added to the church daily from that day till this day right now. They continually be added to the church. So we are in that green period now, the church age. That's where you and I are living now, preaching in our calendar, we are waiting on Pentecost, but we know Pentecost has already happened. Jesus has already fulfilled that and sent His Spirit. So now we are in the church age, but as far as the feasts go, that's where we are at. And uh, that brings me to the message that the Lord just gave me this morning to share with you, and that is to stir you, to challenge you, to kick, kick your chin if I have to, or your shin if I have to, or not your chin, but your shin, you know, <laughs> maybe your chin if needed. But I need to stir some folks up in here because God is calling for a church to rise up in passion because power follows passion. Because power follows passion. And in the scriptures, as uh, Luke is writing in the uh, book of Acts, as he's writing about the acts of the Holy Spirit, in uh, verse 3 of chapter 1, he says, To whom he also presented, Jesus presented himself alive. 
Now that's the greatest display of power in human history where a man was able to lay his life down and three days later take it back up again. No one else has ever been able to do that. And, but Jesus did. The greatest display of hu- power in human history is now Jesus presenting himself alive. After his suffering, the KJV would translate that uh, Greek word passion. After his passion, he presented himself by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. When Jesus was resurrected, let me tell you what, he came forth in power. He showed himself many infallible proofs being seen by them for these 40 days before he ascended on high. He showed himself alive. He showed himself powerful. He showed himself King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm here to tell you today, the same powerful Savior that we have, that they had back then, is the same Savior we have right now in Jesus' name. And when Jesus came forth out of the tomb, the Bible says he left his grave clothes in the tomb there. He showed us that he was uncomfortable with grave clothes on the body of Christ. Jesus didn't want the body of Christ to be bound up and he didn't want his body to be bound up and we today are the church. We are the body of Christ now and I believe he was saying to us he doesn't want us to be bound up either. I'm here to tell you today there's a lot of folks so bound up they can't lift up their hands and ascribe glory and honor and praise to God. I've seen a lot of people so bound up that they can't lift up their voices and shout glory and hallelujah unto Almighty God and amen to his word. But I'm here to tell Jesus isn't comfortable with his body being bound up with grave clothes. I'm telling you, we need to follow the instructions that Jesus told those that were watching when Lazarus was coming forth from the tomb. And what did he say? Loose that man and let him go. I pray today that I can be the hands of those bystanders that took the voice of Jesus and the instructions of Jesus and I want to come and loose you. I want to loose you of the bondages. I want to loose you of the restraints. I want to loose you of the uh, inhibitions that the enemy has tried to put into your mind. And I want you to walk in your freedom. I want you to live in your freedom. I want you to soar in your freedom. I want to see you be all that God has created you to be. Hallelujah. If we'll loose the Son of God, I'm here to tell you, if we'll loose the line of the tribe of Judah, he can defend himself. A lot of folks say, ah, man, if you get a little stirred up about the Lord, you know, people, they, they'd start coming against you and you got to get up on the defense. Man, you release God in and through your life and let God defend himself. You don't have to defend healing when healing is being manifested in their faith. You don't have to de- uh, defend deliverance when folks are being delivered and set free from things that have held them in bondage for years. You don't have to defend the gifts of the Spirit when the gifts of the Spirit are manifesting and the supernatural manifest of God is being seen in and through our lives. After his passion, he showed himself alive. After his passion, he showed himself alive. It's as if God is telling us that if you will, you'll never miss my power to heal. You'll never miss my power to help. You'll never miss my power for breakthrough. You'll never miss my power to provide supernaturally in your life. Uh, If you will catch this point here, that everything that you need is connected to God's power, and there's this golden key that He has given us that releases His power, and that is passion. Passion is the key that releases the power of God. Power follows passion. Power follows passion. 
Wherever there is a demonstration of great passion for God, you will see the demonstration of great power for God. We were talking on Wednesday night about uh, where in the Psalms, David is saying, he said, you know what? He says, I began to look at the Word of God and I got a revelation. A little fire began to burn. He says, but then I began to meditate on it until it became a full-blown fire within me. And then I spoke with my tongue. So he said, basically comes revelation followed by meditation will bring me to the point of proclamation that will see a manifestation. So if we want to see the manifestation of the Word of God in and through our lives, we've got to get the revelation of what God has said. I'm telling you, and if you'll take what God has said and fan into flame, fan it into flame, meditate on it, speak it to yourself, meditate on it, begin to believe it, begin to stand on it. No matter what the circumstances say, this is what the Word of God says and you speak that to yourself and as you speak that to yourself like that woman with the issue of blood who said to herself if I can but touch the hem of his garment I will be healed let me tell you what virtue came out because she had a revelation but then meditation and then proclamation and then we saw the manifestation of the miracle of God some folks are sitting back saying if God wants me to have it he'll force it on me if God wants me to have it I'll have it. If God, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. And I'm here to tell you that's not the sandals that Jesus walked in. That's not the footprints that He left here for us. He says, I was willing to take on the passion. I was willing to have passion. I would go to the cross. I would lay my life down. I would take on whatever it took so that you could get freed up, so you could be forgiven, so you could be redeemed. I was willing to take it on. I would press through every circumstance that was trying to keep me from the cross. I'm going to the cross. I had great passion so that I could bring forth the power that would save mankind. Oh, power follows passion. Remember Elijah, the prophet of God. He prayed, the Bible says, and, and shut the heavens up and it didn't rain for three and a half years. He got a revelation that God had said, if, you will, if you, my people turn from me to false gods and worship false gods, he says, I'll, you'll come under a curse. The heavens could be uh, dried up and, and there'll be great drought on the land. And, and Elijah just tied into that word. He got the revelation. He meditated on it. He made proclamation. And then there came the manifestation. He said, let there be a drought. And there was a drought. Another occasion, he prays, prayed and raised a dead boy. He little boy was dead, and, and Elijah prayed and raised the dead boy back to life. On another occasion, he prayed over some bread, and it multiplied, and it fed over a hundred priests, the Bible says. These were demonstrations of God's power. God's power flowing through a regular man just like us. Now, he had the limitations of the old covenant. We don't have those limitations anymore. But here, even with those limitations, we see that the key of passion through Elijah released the power of God. So you can study the Scriptures and you don't even find Elijah's genealogy. You don't find out a whole lot about him. It just says, Elijah the Tishbite. And there he is on the scene. But there's one Scripture. It wasn't his genealogy and it wasn't it. But what reveals uh, to us his source of power was his passion. James 5, 17 says he was human like us, but he had great passion. He was human like us, but he had great passion. And under a limited Old Testament covenant, he was still able to see forth the manifest of the power of God in and through his life because he was a regular man just like us, but he had passion. Power follows passion. Oh, that we would see this. Hallelujah. 
We stand and we say, where is the God of Elijah? And God is saying, where are the Elijahs of God? We stand and say, I want the power of Elijah. And God says, I'm looking for the passion of Elijah. God says, when you show me someone with Elijah's passion, I'll show you a man or a woman with Elijah's power. Because the key to power with God is passion. The key to God, let me tell you, the key to power with God is passion. Oh, please hear me today, church. Because after his passion, he showed himself alive. Because power follows passion. And I believe if God can find people with passion, you're going to see the power manifest. In Mark chapter 5, there was a woman, as I was telling earlier, she had this issue of blood, and she had tried for 12 years, the Bible said. Press, I mean, everything was turning out negative. The doctor's report said it can't happen. The money ran out. Uh, everything was there. But she pressed through and beyond the logic. That's what passion will do. See, logic says you'll never get to him, but her passion says, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Logic would say, there's too many people in the way. And passion says, that doesn't matter. That's only an excuse. I'm telling you, logic says you're ceremonially, un ceremonially unclean. You shouldn't even be out here in public. And passion says, away with your ceremony. I need, I need some power. The law says you're unfit and unworthy to approach him. She says, he is the one that is above the law. He's the one that comes to fulfill the law. And she pressed past her logic and she said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. See, she knew the word. She had a revelation of the word that the Messiah would come and even the tassels, even the hem of his garment, he would be the son of righteousness with healing in his wings or in his hem or in his tassels. And she she had that revelation and she had meditated on that revelation. She began to speak it to herself, ruminate that thing among. She said, wait a minute, I know that if I can touch the hem of his garment, he's the son of righteousness. There's healing in his wings. He didn't have to see me. He doesn't have to recognize me. He doesn't even have to talk to me. I've got a revelation that the Messiah carries healing in the, even in the hem of his garment. And if I can but touch the hem of his garment, and passion began to rise and gave her the strength to crawl and drag herself and press her way through and when she touched the hem of his garment what did the Bible say? Jesus stopped and says power! Power has gone out of me. I'm here to tell you passion will bring forth the manifest of power every time. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying who touched me? And the disciple says well everybody's touching you. And Jesus says no somebody touched me. See passion draws out of God the power. Hallelujah. And here's the good news that we uh, had never heard of a miracle. We had the prophetic uh, prophecy that there would be healing in his wings, healing in the hem of his garment, but never, never had happened. But because this woman had passion and saw the power manifest, then in Matthew 14, verse 34 through 36, it says, Now multitudes would started coming to Jesus to touch the hem of His garment, and as many as touched it, they were perfectly made well, or they were healed. The miracle had never happened. No one had ever... But now one woman with passion broke through into a whole other dimension of the power of God. I'm here to tell you the world needs to see new 
dimensions of the power of God and all God is waiting on is somebody like you and somebody like me to have enough passion to press through the negative circumstances and press through everything that is trying to, to logically tell us and talk us out of it and say, no, no, I'm going to the next level. I'm going to a new height. I'm going to set a new record for my God as I got passion in my God and you will see it will draw the power of God into your life. See, anytime there's a demonstration of passion, there's a demonstration of God's power. You can study the revivals of old and you will find, oh, that was an overnight success, an overnight revival. Yeah, right. Kind of like our church. You know, someone came up to me and says, oh, pastor, you got a successful ministry here. Yeah, overnight. I mean, you weren't here one day and you're here the next overnight. I said, yeah, 27 years uh, overnight success. Yes. I'm telling you what, passion will cause you to stay in and stay on course. Passion will say, you know what? The devil's coming one way, but he's got to leave a thousand. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. That negative report's only encouraging me because I know I need to depend on the supernatural manifest of God more now than ever. That folk just, that family just walked out of the church and we were just a small congregation and, and that's made such an empty hole rather than mourning and whining and crying over it. I began to raise up and say, Spirit of the living God, you bring in here who you want. You bring in here men and women of faith and men and women who need your gospel message and let me tell you what, the next Sunday that row would be filled and the next row behind it would be filled. Let me tell you what, all you got to do is serve God, live for God, keep your focus on God and you can walk on water. Look at the wind and the waves and you're going to sink. Passion pushes beyond logic. Passion pushes beyond what other people think. I really don't care. You know, I care about people, but if what they're thinking is a weakness that the enemy is using to try and discourage me, I don't care. I'm not going to let anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God take root in my life. My passion is going to push beyond closed doors. Passion pushes beyond the mountains and pushes beyond the valleys. Somebody needs to hear this today. Your circumstances seem to be bigger than your God. And I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. He is a liar. Passionate people are not fearful people. Passionate people are not afraid to take a risk. Passionate people demonstrate their love and their gratitude for God because they know faith will move your mountain, but fear will create a mountain. So we're going to live in faith. I mean, look at the upper room. In the upper room, on the day of Pentecost, you know, that, what were they doing? The Bible says they were praying. How long have they been praying? Well, they've been 50 days, so praying for 50 days and nothing. Anybody ever prayed for 50 days and it looked like nothing? You know, you've got to learn to live through God's nothings. You've got to learn. Man, instant, instant seems great, okay, but instant potatoes don't taste the same. And when you come to a banana pudding and I make my homemade banana pudding with the real deal from the scratch and I pray in the spirit as I stir that thing for 20, 30 minutes compared to your instant jello, add a little milk and let it swell up stuff. Mine will make you lick your lips. Come on now. You got to learn to live through God's nothings. 
I mean, Elijah, six times he sent his servant back looking over the horizon when he was praying for rain. And every time he came back, he came back with hands full of nothing. There's nothing, there's nothing. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, she had prayed and she had, so went to the doctors and she spent all of her money looking for a cure and nobody could help her. For 12 years, she got nothing. Let me tell you what, you've got to learn to keep passion. You've got to learn to keep passion when you're in the midst of what seems like God's nothings. For 50 days, they prayed and nothing happened. For 12 years she prayed and nothing happened. For six times Elijah prayed and nothing happened. I believe this is a word of the Lord for you today. When you're down to nothing, you need to be reminded that God is up to something. God is not out of the picture. God has not erased Himself. I wonder, is there anybody here today ever been down to nothing? Every time I study in the Scripture where God's children were down to nothing, God was up to something. When they were down to five loaves and two fish and 5,000 hungry men plus their families to feed, God says, now that you're down to nothing, I'm up to something. When your taxes are due and all you got is a worm and a hook, He says, Peter, you take the worm and the hook and you go fishing because when it looks like you're down to nothing, God is up to something. It may be a widow with fixing her last meal to serve her and her son, and then they're going to die. And it looks like they're down to nothing, but the prophet comes in and says, no, give it to me as, as, as I represent the Lord, and let's see what will happen. And let me tell you what, there was miracle supply until the famine was over. I don't know who this message is for today, but I know this. If you can stir up passion when you're down to nothing, you can know that your God is up to something. He's about to release His power wherever He finds passion. Passion follows power. Power follows passion. Let me say it that way. Power follows passion. Man, I've heard people get up and sing before with great talent. It's pretty but there's no power. You ever, you ever heard that? And then someone else gets this up and sings, and maybe it's not as pretty, but there's passion there, and there's power. There's life-changing power. I've seen someone get up with, give what I'd call a nice intellectual speech and call it a sermon, and that was great for information and so forth, but there was no power. But then I've seen someone display passion with what they were sharing, and there was power to back it up. Hallelujah. Passion is the calling to the Holy Spirit for power. It's that beacon light. It's that, that sound. It is that calling. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come in the fullness of power. Come in the fullness of power. He looks for passion. I believe that's why the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said in Romans chapter 12, and verse 11, the New King James says it this way, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord. I like how the NIV treats that Greek phrase better. And it says it this way. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never, never, never lacking in zeal. Never lacking in zeal. Not sometimes. Never lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor, your fire. Serving the Lord. And then the Passion Translation, I love it. It says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keeping your passion towards Him boiling hot. Boiling hot. Keep it on high. Keep it turned up. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. Hallelujah. That's why you can't come to church and treat God like you can take Him or leave Him. 
I'm here to tell you as your pastor, I'm not going to allow you to just sit on your hands and say, well, God, I can take you or leave you. God is not, re- he's not impressed with religious folks. God is not impressed with your rites and your rituals. God is not impressed with our opinions and our critiques. God is not impressed with spectators. But there's something the Bible says gets God's attention. There's something the Bible says that impresses God, and that is God is impressed with participators and people who with passion will stand to their feet with praise on their lips, with their hands lifted in the air, shouting hallelujah and glory to the Most High God. God is impressed with passion, with passion. See, it's dangerous for your ministry to grow larger while your passion is shrinking. Dangerous. It's dangerous for your career to be getting larger while your passion is getting smaller. Very dangerous. Please hear me. It's dangerous when your bank account is getting fuller and your passion is getting leaner. It's so dangerous when your dreams are getting larger but your passion is getting smaller. Don't let your passion shrink while things are growing on the outside. I'm telling you, the more He blesses us with, the more passionate we should be. But God knows our uh, human nature. He says, I'm bringing you into the promised land, land that flows with milk and honey. You're going to have houses you didn't build. There's going to be cities you didn't build. There's going to be vineyards you didn't plant. He said, it's going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. But don't you forget me. Don't you forget that I'm the God that brought you bread from heaven for 40 years. Don't you forget I'm the one that parted the Red Sea. Don't you forget I'm the one brought you crystal clear water to drink in the wilderness for millions of you to be satisfied in a desert where there is no water. Don't you forget me as you go into your, 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 your blessing that I have for you. Hallelujah. So don't let your passion shrink while things are growing on the outside. That, that, I mean, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? See, my passion is not supposed to be about my ministry. It's supposed to be about Jesus. Come on now. Your passion is not supposed to be about your business, your career, your car, your house, or your success. It's supposed to be about Jesus. Now, Jesus, when you're passionate for Him, is going to draw in the power to bless your business, to bless your family, to bless your ministry, but, but not the reverse. And the enemy's always trying to get us to exchange passion for stuff, status, power, and position. Always to give up our passion for Christ. I guarantee you, you've been tempted since the day you got saved to let the turn the fire down and not stay as boiling hot as you were when you first got saved. Oh, the devil is tempted. But I'm here to tell you God's looking for some folks whom he can bless with some great stuff on the outside who will not lose their passion for him on the inside. That's what God is looking for. He is looking for folks who will, who will not let just church and worship become a rite or a ritual. He's looking for somebody whom he can bless more and more and more and their passion increases more and more and more. He's looking for somebody. Can he find you today? He said in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, that the eyes of the Lord, His eyes right now, are running to and fro throughout this congregation, throughout your seats, throughout these roads, throughout the whole earth. And He's looking to show Himself strong. He's wanting to show His power. He's wanting to show His power on behalf of someone whose heart is loyal to Him. And that word loyal means on fire. On fire. Who's got some passion. Who's got some passion. 
I'm telling you, your passion attracts the power of God. Your passion draws the power of God out of... Jesus is walking along and passion drew healing out of His garments because of the great passion. Let me tell you what, passion draws the Spirit of God into your circumstance and situation to bring forth the manifest of God. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to never get so dignified that we can't magnify You. Ask yourself this morning... Where is my passion? On a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the hottest and the highest. Don't tell me, but just ask yourself, where is my passion? And if it's not a 10, and I say to myself, if 10's the limit, I'm going to break the limit. My God is a limit breaker. He is a barrier breaker. He is a lid breaker. Hallelujah. He is the lifter of my head. So I'm going to go beyond 10. Hallelujah. I don't know, maybe make a new number that I don't even know how to pronounce. I just want it to go higher and higher and higher. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, Satan says, you know, you can keep your Bible. Keep your Bible. You can sleep with it. Keep it on the coffee table. It don't matter. And you can go to church as long as you give up your passion. Because really, you'll do more damage than good. Because you will... Be one that looks like God, but is denied the power. So really, you're miserable than most people. I'm telling you, some a Christian without the Christ, the, the anointing, a powerful anointing that lifts burdens and destroys yokes, a name-only Christian is the meanest person on planet Earth. They are the meanest. They're hardest to deal with, and they do more harm to building up the kingdom of God than anybody. They're hypocrites. And you have more people say, I don't want to be a part of that church because of this person or that person. Let me tell you what. When you, Satan don't mind you having keeping your church attendance and keeping your Bible as long as you've lost your passion. Because if you've lost your passion, you're walking without power. And when you walk in something that you're, dem, you're, you're saying, I'm, I'm walking in this, but you're not demonstrating, you don't have the access to it, you don't have the goods, you, you begin to walk in shame. And you begin to make excuses and you begin to get angry and you begin to get very hurtful in your attitude and with your tongue. That's why Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. This lukewarm stuff makes the body sick. I'll throw you up. But that doesn't do away with the fact that the eyes of God is looking right now. He said, if I can find somebody who's got some passion for me, passion for what I've done, passion for what I'm doing, passion for what I've planned for them, I'm going to show myself. I'm going to show myself powerful in their life because power follows passion. Remember Mary Magdalene? Here's a girl. She'd been demon-possessed. Seven devils delivered from her. She didn't forget where she came from. She remembered that Jesus had freed her and she was going to hold on to her passion and she came into a room where Jesus was filled up with religious folks there. And they're like, what you doing in here? Only women supposed to bring food in here. What you doing in here? And, and she's like, I'm not here to impress you. And I'm not here to impress you. And I'm not here to be limited by your attitude. And excuse me. Excuse me. And she made her way to Jesus, the Bible says. And I know they're probably saying, you're not supposed to be here. She said, tough, tough. 
I'm, I got some passion. I'm passionate for my Lord. He's delivered me. He's saved me. He has raised me. And you think I'm going to let you and your little flimsy words and your little flimsy attitude that may change within the next hour hold me back? I, I, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. She was passionate. And let me tell you what. She didn't let the chill of the room cause her to, to walk away with her feelings hurt. And she got to Jesus, fell at His feet, broke that alabaster box of uh, perfume worth a year's salary she poured it on Jesus she washes his feet with her tears and her dries it with her hair I'm telling you she had passion she had passion she understood that passion is what brings the power I think of another woman in scripture where in John 4 and 4 Jesus said oh, I don't, oh I'm being drawn and the disciples said well let's go to Jerusalem he said no I'm being drawn like a spiritual magnet pulling he says I, I must needs go through Samaria. They're like, no, we do everything we can to not go through those half-breeds and those folks so mixed up to, theologically and, you know, Jesus, no we, no, we do everything not to go to Samaria. He says, something's pulling me. And, and there's 36 miles by foot he's going to walk out of his way because something was pulling him. Something was pulling him. And when he got there, you know, their Bible says there was this woman that came, the Samaritan woman. And uh, she'd been married five times, and now she's shacking with a man. Let me tell you why. And she's there worshiping a mountain. And she's Samaritan. She didn't believe the whole Bible. They did believe the first five books, but they didn't believe the, the whole of the Old Testament. And uh, she didn't have the full gospel, you might would say. She only had the half gospel. And here's the big shot disciples who have the full gospel because they're with Jesus all the time, and Jesus is the full gospel, right? And they tell Jesus, you know, we, we ain't getting nothing out of this. Uh, can we go get some food? We need to go get some lunch. It's 1223. I hope some of you are not thinking that right now. <laughs> it was like they lost their passion. And he dismissed them. He'll dismiss you. You don't want it? He ain't going to force it on you. You don't want it? He's not going to run you down. But let me tell you what, he'll turn and walk 36 miles out of the way to go find somebody that's got some passion. I'm telling you. And he finds this woman there. And you know what? Uh, the, you know, she is, she's mixed up. I mean, she was, she was a worshiper, but she didn't know what to worship. She just knew, I got worship, and I got to worship something. And Jesus said, and you, you told her, you know, what are you doing? She said, well, we worship this mountain, you know. She was worshiping an institution. I refuse to worship an institution. Let me tell you what, there's only one who's worthy. Maybe some of you, you're so institutional, you're so denominational, bless your heart. You can't even fellowship with another believer unless they're in your denomination. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. See this, Jesus filled this woman with, and then the disciples came back. And they say, look, Jesus, we brought you some lunch. Here's a Chick-fil-A sandwich, okay? And he told them, I have meat to eat that you do not know of. Now, meat refers to that protein, that which satisfies, that which builds the muscle and builds the strength in us and satisfies us. So Jesus was saying, I'm so satisfied doing the will of my Father that I gain strength from passionately doing His will. And you guys don't even know about this. And if the 12 disciples who were with Jesus every day could miss this, then who do we think we are? We better be alert. 
we better do some inventory. And here, here's a city that God wanted to bless. And what did the 12 disciples do? They wanted to bring Jesus a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Well, I know Chick-fil-A wasn't back then, but you know, make up your, it was lunch. But there's a woman who didn't have her doctrine right, who didn't have her theology right, who didn't have her articles of faith right, but she had passion. And she said, if somebody will just tell me the truth, if somebody will just point me in the right direction, I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship the true God. And she cried out after Jesus shared who he was. She goes running through the city crying out, come see a man, come see a man. And she didn't know his name. She said, he told me all things. And the whole city came out to meet him. And the whole city came to see Jesus and know Jesus. Because power follows passion. Oh, there needs to be a revival. But not set services that are all so pretty and fancy and, and dignified. Oh, we need to have some gatherings of you going out with passion saying y'all need to come and learn about a man who took his hand and raised me up, who healed me, who delivered me, who forgave me of my sins, who gave me my right mind back, who saved my marriage, who met my needs according to his riches and glory. Come see a man. Let me tell you what, we need to have a revival from folks that are following you back to the study of us celebrating together in the goodness of God not just dictated services that are called a revival. Passion. Passion. Power follows passion. The Old Testament, they had horns on the altar. And the reason being is because God does not accept, listen to me, God does not accept a dead sacrifice. It had to be a living sacrifice. You had to come and bring that living sacrifice to God, tie it to the horns of the altar. And they're squirming and trying to get free, but you tied it there to the horns of the altar until it was time for the sacrifice. God doesn't accept dead sacrifices. And God calls, calls our praise and a sacrifice of praise in Hebrews 13 and 15. That our praise is to be alive. It's a sacrifice. We bring it to the horn of the altar and we say, you know what, flesh? We're not here to patty cake with you right now. Flesh, if I walk according to you, I will not inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh, you've called the shots from Adam till I got filled with the Holy Ghost and saved and sanctified. Now I'm going to walk by the Spirit. And the Spirit says God is worthy even though you're flesh, you don't feel like it. My God is worthy and highly to be praised even if everything in your life looks like hell on earth. I'm telling you, if I'm going to turn things around on earth, uh, i got to get some passion going towards heaven. Uh, and it may be a sacrifice of praise, uh, but my God's worth. It. I'm pressing through the headache. I'm pressing through the knee pain. I'm pressing through the bad attitude. I'm pressing through uh, me being frustrated. I'm pressing through me being mad. Uh, my God is worthy, worthy of all, more than all of that. So I'm coming as a living sacrifice to my God. Hallelujah. Tie it to the altar. The, you know, the horns of the altar could represent the cross that we are to bear, the cross that we are tied to, that thing that you're tied to, that you're squirming and trying to get out of it. That marriage maybe that you'd like to get out of. 
Or for some folks, that situation with your children where they've been on drugs for so long and you do anything to get them out of that situation. For some of you, it may be a relationship that you know is not honoring God and you'd like to get out of. I don't know, maybe it's a pain or a, or a setback that has been tying you down. For some of you, maybe a financial thing and, and, or some horrible thing that happened in your past and you just wish you could die and go to heaven to get away from it. But you can't. You're tied to it. What are you to do? What are you to do? you got to turn that place of pain into a place of passion. you got to say, wait a minute, the only thing that can change the pain is to bring in the power of God. And I'm going to have Jesus say, wait a minute, I must need to go by Samaria. I must need to go by Tom's house. I must need to go by into Tim's house because my passion is drawing the power of God to come and turn the pain around. Hallelujah. That sacrifice of praise. After his passion, he showed great power. Power follows passion. Power follows passion. We're going to go to the Lord in a time of ministry now. And as we do, I want every one of you who feel that you're tied to some painful situation and you've been squirming, you've been hoping you could get out of it, but it just seems like you're bound. It just keeps coming back to you over and over, but you want to see it turn, that pain turn, by the power of God into the supernatural miracle of God. You've got to turn your attitude. You've got to turn your heart. You've got to turn your life to be passionate. And if that's you today, say, you know what? On the scale from 1 to 10, passion, circumstances, and situations, and any excuse I could think of, maybe don't have me at a 10 or break into the next level. But I'm not going to walk out of this service this morning. I've got, I've got the exponential anointing and authority of everybody here in unity on my favor. I've got the two-thirds of the angels, twice as many angels for me as the demons against me. I've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I've got the Word of God. I've got the name of Jesus. I've got the blood of Jesus. I've got it all right here. The Spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in my mortal body to quicken it right now, to give life to it, to give passion to it. I'm not going to miss this moment that I'm going to stand here before the altar of God and that thing that I've been tied to, I'm going to bring it to God and I'm going to, and with passion, I'm going to begin to worship Him and say, God, I'm going to lift you up regardless of my circumstance. I'm going to praise you regardless of what I'm going through. You deserve the glory. I hear the angels in heaven saying, holy, holy, holy. And I join in here on earth. Holy is the Lord. And I hear the elders around the throne. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. And I join here on earth. And I say, yes, He is. He's worthy. You're worthy to receive glory. Worthy to receive honor. Worthy to receive praise. I'm going to praise my way through it. Because I know power follows passion. And it's time I turn my eyes on Jesus. He is the lifter of my head. He is my deliverer. He is my Savior. He is my God that forgives. He is my God that redeems. He is my God that blesses. I'm not backing down. I'm going forward. I'm not turning around. I'm turning to Him. I'm bringing it to Jesus this morning. And I'm going to usher in the power of God through a release of passion for my God. If that's you today and you want to see a turnaround in any area of your life, stand to your feet right now. 
stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. And if you want to take it the next step, just come on down to this altar. And we're going to have a closing time on this altar. We're bringing it to the altar. We're not going to take that thing home with us. We're not going to let that thing rule us. We're not going to let that pain hold us back. I'm telling you, God said, you're not going to keep me in a box. There's no Ark of the Covenant holding the presence of God anymore. And Jesus said, you're not going to keep me behind a curtain. And he rented in twain, he rented in twain from the top to the bottom. And he said, now whosoever, whosoever needs me, whosoever wants me, whosoever desires, let your passion draw me. Let your passion draw me. I've got power for you. My eyes are looking. I'm trying to find somebody who's got some fire, who's got some praise, who's got some worship that I might show myself strong in their behalf. I tell you, I wouldn't walk out of here today with that thing tied to me, holding me back anymore. I would say this is the day that I'm putting a stake in the ground and I'm changing the calendar and I'm changing the schedule book that from this day forward I'm walking in passion and I'm going to see the demonstration of the power of God. Hallelujah. Father, we stand here before you today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of coming before you with passionate praise. You said you love it when we come together and we lift up our hands. You said you love it when we come together and we shout out hallelujah. You said you love it when we clap our hands. We dance before you and we praise you openly. Oh, we praise you in this house today. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have your way. Spirit of power as you came on the day of Pentecost. Come here on this day among your men and these women, your sons, your daughters. Fill them afresh. Fill them anew, Lord God. Let power flow from heaven into their body and bring forth the manifest of healing. I declare in the name of Jesus that the power of God is bringing healing into your body. Healing into your joints. Healing into your organs. Healing into your very cellular structure. And the bone and the marrow of your body be healed by the power of the demonstration of the love of God. Hallelujah. And I pray in the name of Jesus uh, that the power of God come into your relationship. Let the power of God come into that circumstance. Let the power of God come into that situation and turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bondages be broken. Let the power of God break every yoke. Break every chain. Break every yoke. Break every chain. Open every prison bar in the name of Jesus. Oh, turn your passion towards Him. Oh, begin to worship Him as your King of kings and your Lord of lords. Worship Him as the one who saves you, the one who delivers you. Celebrate His salvation. Celebrate redemption. Celebrate healing. Celebrate His power. Oh, we thank You, Jesus. Lord, we're not caring about what people say. We're not caring about what people think. We're stepping over. Excuse me. Excuse me. My God is worthy. My God is worthy. My God deserves it. My God deserves it. No one gave their life for me. No one died for me. No one raised their life on the third day from the dead for me. No one walks in resurrection power for me. No one is looking to help me like you are Jesus. I worship you. I worship you. I praise you. I bless you. 
Come on, ascribe some glory. Come on, ascribe some glory. Ascribe glory. Ascribe honor. Ascribe thanksgiving. Ascribe praise. Ascribe it unto Him. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy. You're worthy. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Resurrect us here today, God. Lord God, that we'd never be a dead church. You said in your word to the church of Laodicea, you said to them, Lord, I'm not, I'd rather you be cold. I'd rather you be hot, but if you're not going to be hot, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Lord God, check our hearts today. Lord, help us to see if we're lukewarm. Lord, we don't want to be a hindrance to your body. We don't want to make your body sick. Show us today, God, have we given our all to you? Are we on fire for you? And if not, Lord God, help us right now to fan into flame uh, to a high boil, uh, the boiling passion for you, Lord God, uh, to see that without you we are nothing. Without you we have no eternity. Without you our life is is a misery. But with you, hallelujah! What a glorious life! What a wonderful life! What a blessed life you have for us. Oh, Jesus. If Jesus is not Lord of all he's not lord at all check and see right now is he lord of all not some things i know there's some things you may want to hold back nope he's either lord of all or he's not lord at all check and see right now just to reassure yourself and to reassure god and say jesus jesus forgive me of my sins jesus come into my heart jesus i want to enthrone you I want to crown you Lord of all. Lord of all of my life. I surrender to your Lordship. I surrender to your Lordship. Just, you, I can't do this for you. You've got to mean it and you've got to do it for yourself. And you'll find that the fire of the Holy Ghost will begin to burn within you when you've totally surrendered your life to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior I give you my life I give you my life and I want to be a walking, talking, living example of passionate praise passionate worship and passionate declaration and testimony of who you are that, that as you said in the scripture that, our, that we would glow that we would glow that others may see your hand upon our lives hallelujah let this morning god be the morning we mark it in our calendar that we're going forward but we're going upward in our passion for you yes lord your hand is on us yes lord your hand is on us thank you jesus thank you jesus now god i pray Lord God, as we would make this decision between us and you and corporately together that we find strength with each other, that we would go out into this week and we would go out into the remainder of our life making sure that we make it priority that our passion never dies for you because we know your power follows 
Hallelujah. And we need you, Jesus. We need you every day. We need your power. And we need your presence. Hallelujah. So my commitment is to you, Jesus. Holy Spirit of the living God, fill me afresh and anew. Empower me. Empower me to live the supernatural life you've called me to live. Father, I worship you. Hallelujah. God, I pray your blessings, your hand of protection, your hand of healing, your hand of deliverance, your hand of mercy on each and every one of these that have come before you today here at Christian Embassy. And Lord, let your favor go and pave the way before them and your power be the very force to lead them into your perfect will. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.